1: Asia Pacific shares are mixed this morning following an overnight sell off on Wall Street. Sydney is trading higher, up half a percent. Seoul is flat, but in positive territory. And investors in Tokyo are taking profits following yesterday's rise. The Nikkei is down 0.8 percent. Joining me now to break down all the market action is Ryan Huang. Good Friday morning, Ryan. Happy Friday, Michelle. He start this morning with a company that's at the heart of the meme stock craze. I'm not talking about GameStop, not even AMC, although those companies certainly have had wild rides over the past year. As retail investors exercise their might, now think for a moment about where the hype over these stocks began. Where did people trade tips, talk about taking on mighty hedge funds and boast that their picks would go to the moon? Reddit, yeah. right? And now the social media platform that hosts the famed Wall Street Bets Forum could be positioning itself to become a meme stock of its own. Reddit is going public. It's quietly filed paperwork with US regulators to list shares. So, what does the investment public have to say about this offering?
0: Yeah, this is where all started. Wall Street Bets goes to Wall Street now. And <laughs> this is now very closely watched because there's just so much support popularity and so many headlines around it, there is a lot of interest how it will fare. So what we have so far, you've got a confidential fouling. So the details are scarce. So you've got a $15 billion valuation which was last reported in September. So there's something to look at in terms of what we might get in terms of the funds raised when they do release more details. And it's interesting, like you pointed out, it was where everyone started talking about what stock tips to buy, uh, what to sell, and so on and so forth. So it is going to be interesting to see how that will itself fare when they do take it to the market.
1: Really interesting, right? I wonder what the $11 people who are on Wall Street bets or Reddit have to say, not all are thrilled, apparently. Uh, Reddit's value at 10 billion US dollars following the latest round of funding led by Fidelity management back in August. No word yet on what valuation Reddit is seeking in this upcoming IPO. But we do know that Reddit's ad revenue has been climbing. It grossed more than 100 million US dollars in the second quarter of the year. That's nearly triple its earnings a year earlier. And the company is pushing deeper into audio and video which command higher ad rates. So what do you think? Is Reddit likely to be a good investment? I mean, will their shares go to the moon when
0: launched? Yeah, that's a strong argument for it and here are the factors that could help support it. So you've got a strong community like you pointed out. On the Reddit forum you've got roughly 52 million daily active users so the support base is there and then you have the communities about more than 100,000 of them so if you're all these subreddits like Wall Street Bets and so on and so forth so the interest is there the recurring or returning users will be there and the revenue jumped threefold like you pointed out so the growth story for revenue is there and the investor backing you've got the likes of venture capital firm Anderson Horowitz, Sokova Capital, Tencent Holdings, and even rap superstar Snoop Dogg. So the support from a lot of strong backers is also there. So if you look at what's happening in the Reddit threads, you've got some of the users joking that they might pump up the offering when they do list. So it's also got that element going on. So it might be a blockbuster IPO.
1: We'll keep a close eye on Reddit's IPO price once it is made public, is certainly going to attract a lot of eyeballs. Reuters reporting that Reddit is targeting a fifteen billion US dollar valuation, which would be fifty percent higher than just a few months ago. All right, let's bring the conversation home where investors and analysts are still assessing the impact of the government's surprise curbs to cool the property market. Second home buyers and foreigners will have to pay higher additional stamp duties. The government is also planning to increase the supply of public and private housing i had a great conversation with propnex ceo ismail gafoor about this yesterday and you can still check it out on audio on spotify or watch the video on youtube and he notes that first-time home buyers are likely the biggest winners from these new measures so ryan who are likely to be the biggest losers if we take a look at market reaction
0: Yeah. So what we have in terms of knee-jerk reactions, at least, is the first day after the announcement was made, you've got investors reacting by selling first and asking questions later. So you've got CDL, CD developments down as much as 4.1% in the early hours before closing down by 2.7%. Other developers also managed to trim their losses. UOL was down 0.8% after declining as much as 3%. Oxley Holdings that was down 2.1% at a close. Quokolan lower by 0.7%. Even Propnex itself was down 3.9%. So, it's all... A bit of a more cautious tone across the property market as we maybe could see some potential investors or buyers sitting on the sidelines to wait for the dust to settle around the latest measures.
1: Yeah, opinion on the impact of the cooling measures is still mixed. The Real Estate Developers Association of Singapore questioned the timing of the curbs coming as they do just as the property market is emerging from the challenges of the past year and a half. Other analysts think the measure's impact will be limited or, as Bloomberg puts it, a short term fix in a bullish market. Walk us through these two arguments.
0: Yeah, I guess the comments from Redus isn't a surprise because you would expect that from a developer to say, hey, you don't want to stringent a rules or rules to curb the market sentiment, right? So you've got that happening with the backdrop of how buyers or investors could be paying higher stamp duties when they want to get their second property. So that is in focus, um, where they talk about how it could add immense pressure because it's not just ABSD for buyers and investors. It's also about how the developers themselves will be paying higher duties when they have to buy the land sites. So that's something that could also be a factor when they price the properties down the road after constructing them. So, that's something they are keeping an eye out for. For developers, they have to pay higher stamp duties of 35% up from 25% when they purchase residential projects. So, this is going to be something to watch out for in the years ahead. And if you look at another point of view, you've got some people saying, hey, we've had property measures before. Mm. And... Months after that, years after that, it's back to status quo where prices continue to go up. So some analysts at least are expecting the same thing to repeat itself for the dust to settle and prices to go up. And you have to also remember a lot of the buying is done by local buyers. You and me, I'm Singaporeans. And we will need to buy houses, property, and so much so as we get the population size going up. We will need more homes. So there is a strong argument for prices to continue going upwards. But I guess it's going to be a better pace how fast it will go up.
1: All right. Let's turn to inflation and interest rates because U.S. markets tumbled overnight, reacting in many ways as analysts would have expected them to do following the Fed's announcement of tighter monetary policy on Wednesday evening. Of course, they didn't do that initially, but overnight, the Nasdaq dropped 2.5% while the S&P 500 fell nearly 1%. Tech stocks like Apple and Microsoft, they let the markets lower. Remind us again why these companies are among the first to be sold off when credit tightens.
0: Yeah, typically, This is the relationship between rates and tech stocks or growth names. When rates are high, uh, it can mean higher borrowing costs for many of these growth companies and also the way that their cash flow is calculated or the projected uh, earnings in future are calculated. When rates are higher, that amount drops. So in a way, it kind of cuts back on the potential growth story for these tech stocks when we see a higher or rising interest rate environment.
1: As we mentioned on the show, the US Federal Reserve is not the only central bank re-examining its monetary policies. The Bank of England surprised many in the markets overnight when it went a step further than the Fed. It raised interest rates for the first time since the onset of the pandemic. So how big is the hike and how are markets reacting to it?
0: Alright, so from a historic low of 0.1%, the Bank of England has hiked it by Fifteen basis points to 0.25%. And this is the first time it has hiked rates since the pandemic started. So worth noting. And also worth noting is how they have kind of um, diverged from the other central banks by leaning towards addressing inflation more urgently because um, everyone's talking about inflation these days but the bank of england a bit more concerned about it so much so that they have decided to act first and this is with the backdrop of uk inflation hitting a 10-year high in november the consumer price index was up 5.1 percent and this is something they are more worried about relative to the potential risks to the economy that COVID-19 might pose. So for many central banks, they've been having to do this balancing act or having to decide between left and right, do we address inflation Mm. or do we keep rates low to Mm. revive the economy? So the Bank of England, a bit more worried about inflation these days. Here in
1: Asia, central banks in Indonesia and the Philippines are holding steady, no interest rate hikes for the moment. What are central bankers saying though in terms of whether they are going to follow the Fed's lead as it tightens credit?
0: Yeah, so this is one to watch as we see other central banks around will start to take the lead from the FOMC on their tightening tone. So central banks in Indonesia and the Philippines so far have managed to hold on to their key interest rates and this is with a view to help their economies recover. So in a way, they are leaning towards the economy, prioritizing that recovery picture rather than addressing the inflation part first. So something they may be feeling that inflationary pressures may fade sometime next year. That is also the view of many analysts as well. So we'll see how this pans out in terms of the supply chain disruptions and also the commodity prices. Will they continue to stay lofty? And maybe then they could change their tone. Mm. So we'll see how that pans out next year.
1: We turn now to the world in COVID. There are two headlines I want to examine today, Ryan. The first has to do with Johnson & Johnson. The vaccine maker got some pretty bad news from US regulators overnight. Tell us more, Ryan.
0: Okay, so the CDC is recommending Pfizer and Moderna vaccines over Johnson & Johnson jabs for adults due to rare blood clot cases. So it has confirmed 54 cases of people developing uh, blood clots and showing low blood platelet levels following Johnson Johnson's vaccination. So something that could be a bit of a dent for J&J.
1: Meanwhile, in the UK, rising COVID cases have forced Queen Elizabeth's hand. What's going on here?
0: Okay, so I'm afraid no pre-Christmas lunch for Queen Elizabeth because COVID-19 cases are soaring in the UK. This really started me thinking, what does she have for lunch? (laughs) Oh my goodness me.
1: Um, I don't know, but I'd like to be at the table. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no lunch So you can't go Maybe next year
1: <laughs> Not this time Alright, time for up or down Let's start with Easeitan
0: Alright, Isaitan, That is going to be A down for me So It's been trying to sell Its space at Wisma hr But it has announced it has been unsuccessful. No one wants to pick it up, even though it's on Orchard Road. So mm. the investor reaction saw its stock price down 13.6%.
1: A little bit out of the way, that particular Isetan. You know, it's got to be a destination by itself. And parking at Wisma is not the most fun thing to you know, have to experience in life. Uh, next, let's look at Adobe. Bay.
0: All right, so this is a stock we've talked about earlier this week because of that weak guidance. And it had its second worst day in the past 10 years. Its stock price plunging 10% on that weak outlook.
1: Another down, hey, for Adobe. Uh, 10% down after missing analyst estimates on forward guidance. And this, by the way, is the stock's second worst performance in a decade. All right, what about SenseTime?
0: Okay, this is going to be, I think, an up for me because it is thinking about relaunching its Hong Kong IPO and this is with the view of keeping it at 767 million US dollars. So this is following its withdrawal this week because of the Biden administration's blacklist where it had put sense time. On the blacklist because of accusations it had used its technology, facial recognition technology to target ethnic groups. So something that made them a bit jittery, some investors jittery, and now they feel it might be time to test the market again.
1: I'm going to go with up for SenseTime because the on-again, off-again IPO appears to be back on and some market sources say SenseTime could relaunch its deal as early as Monday. So we'll keep an eye on that. And finally, let's look at Celebrity SPACs.
0: Okay. I am going with down. It looks like The spec space, blank check companies tied to those celebrities, entertainers, sports heroes, are not doing too well. They've been lagging behind the market benchmark. Um, So that is something to really reflect on. You can't bank on celebrity status to make money. You need some fundamentals still, but of course, it's very difficult to tell how markets can perform. They can be quite irrational these Mm -hmm. days. It's
1: definitely a down for me. I mean, SPACs linked to people like Jay-Z, celebrities like Martha Stewart. They've underperformed in the market and in fact, most are in the red. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 21 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index rallied nearly half a percent yesterday to close at 31.28. So how's the STI trading this morning, Ryan?
0: Okay, let's take a quick look at the STI. And we are seeing a slight increase, 0.1%, 3,132 right now. And it's pretty much split across the middle for the 30 constituents. Right at the top, we've got Yang Zhejiang shipbuilding up by 0.8%, followed closely by Thai Confidel Confidelgro, Phrases, Logistics and Commercial Trust. And Hong Kong land coming back as well after losing yesterday is now up by 0.6%. DBS continuing yesterday's climb is up by 0.5%. OCBC also up by 0.4%. And if you look at the bottom of the table... Singtel is down 1.7% and is trading ex-dividend today. Sanquam Industries close behind, down 1%. And we were talking about some of the property names. So let's take a quick look at Prop. Next, it is continuing its slide. Yesterday, down 3.8%. This morning, down 1.2%.
1: All right. Thank you very much for that. Ryan Huang joining me this morning in Market View. We'll continue to take a look at Asia-Pacific shares mix this morning following that overnight sell-off on Wall Street